what if it's not a problem? What if everything that's unfolding is exactly what you need in order to become sovereign? What if patience and strength and trust are the answers? This is a taste of the conversation we have today with Eva Liao and Kylie Caldwell from the Hello Universe podcast. Join us for an awesome, amazing, inspiring discussion. Before we start this episode, I, Carrie Hummingbird, and I, Akeem Sami, want you to know that you are invited. You're invited to, to join, join Soul Nectar, Nectar Tribe. Tribe. If you like what you hear on Soul Nectar Show, you will love being in person with us in Soul Nectar Tribe. We invite you to check it out. First 30 days is free. Right now, go to carryhummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com, forward slash membership, and sign up. We'll We'll see see you at at our our next next tribe gathering. And now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, to the great mystery beyond the veil, to those synchronistic moments that lead us inexorably towards an understanding of ourselves that is deep and profound and wise and compelling and that helps us take the next step on the journey. Because sometimes those steps are a little bit gritty and sometimes they're just a wee bit serious. And you can get caught up in all that stuff and kind of lose the sight of the big picture in the middle of all that density and forest and confusion and, you know, chaos of your life that's going on. I know a lot of people are going through a lot of chaos right now in your lives. And it's just, you know, it's like wondering what comes next. And, you know, I I just want to say a word of encouragement there. I mean, we're stepping out of times of uh, predictability But, you know, that predictability was kind of keeping us all in cages. Let's be honest. I mean, that predictability was keeping us stuck, trying to please each other, being like who we thought everybody wanted us to be in order to get liked and belong to something bigger than ourselves so we'd not be all alone. But what if we can redefine all that? You know, what if we don't have to be mediocre to fit in, to have a safe existence? What if we can have safety in the inquiry? What if we can have safety in the adventure? What if we can have, you know, just an amazing journey of discovery, self-discovery? And what if we don't know what's going to happen? Because if we knew it was going to happen from our current state of consciousness, it might not be that freaking exciting because we've been programmed with a whole lot of seriousness, you know? So, I mean, what if it's so much better than we can imagine? You know, and I'm just, I'm inviting you guys, everybody listening, just, I know it's serious and I don't want to discount that. I mean, I know that losing people you love is hard. And I know that a lot of people are going through that right now. I lost my dad three years ago. I so understand. And what I found going through that journey is that there's beauty. There's beauty in that experience. You know, he left and so much opened up. He's gone and so much has unfolded. Now I have this beautiful relationship with my mom that would have never happened had my dad stayed because we would have just kept relying on him to be our bridge. We wouldn't have done our work. So I want to just encourage everybody, if you're feeling in the thick of like some super uncomfortable, life-changing shit, embrace that because I've got some guests on today who are going to really be encouraging you to take that journey to a bigger place. Like, you might find out about yourself way more than you thought existed. So I'm really excited to introduce uh, my guest today from the Hello Universe podcast. I'm on that podcast. I'll put the link in the show notes. Eva Liao and Kylie Caldwell. Welcome to the show. Hey. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we're psyched to be here. 
Oh man, we had such a great conversation on your podcast and I'm just so excited to have you here. So Eva Liao is a spiritual mentor and a consciousness coach. And Kylie Caldwell is an Akashic Records healer and abundance mentor who specializes in teaching folks how to love on their money wounds as a pathway to personal transformation. And I have a suspicion that given my intro that was coming through me from spirit, that you got some stuff to say <laughs> about change and transformation. Which one of you gals wants to start? You want to go first, Eva? She's <laughs> pointing at me. Okay, Kylie is going to go right. first. Well, it is funny because you give us a heads up about that question and I kind of tuned in. Okay, you know, personal transformation, like shadow work is like my favorite. Shadow work is like my hobby. It's like what I do for fun, right? So I was like, ooh, which story do I want to share? And then what came to mind fits in so perfectly with with your introduction, which just made me laugh. Like it's almost like it's all aligned. So I think a really, really big moment of transformation for me happened, oh, I want to say four years ago. And I remember that I I was I was at the pool with my kids and I was swimming and I was thinking and worrying and stressing about money for some reason. I mean, money is always something that I was really bad at. <laughs> I had a lot of stress about, but I did, it was in that moment I was stressing about it. And I remember floating on my back and I was like kind of newly going through one of the many waves of kind of spiritual awakening. And I remember laying on my back and I remember looking up and just saying like, okay, I'm ready for this not to be terrible and stressful all the time. And then I thought, wait, I'm putting in an addendum. I want it to be easy. <laughs> like I want it to be gentle. I think that was the word I used. Like, because I had recently kind of unearthed some complicated things about, you know, a traumatic background that was kind of rocking my world. And so I was like, I'm ready to not feel stressed about money all the time, but I don't really want that it to happen in an explosive way. So you show me a way. Like it was kind of like a like a bid to the universe. Like, all right, all right, I'll play this game with you, right? Like show me a way that I could have a start to have a different experience, but it could be gentle. And then like a week later, I was like in some Facebook message group and this woman who's now become a really good friend of mine and actually is a guest on an early Hello Universe podcast. Her name is Jade Hamilton. Her face popped up with this like, you know, post like you put, like you put on social media, right? About like what your story is and how someone could work with you. And it was like someone that wasn't me took over. <laughs> and I just like went to her website and booked a session. And I was not someone who did that at that point, right? But it was like, okay, we're going, we're doing this. And um, she ended up being the first person who walked me through what I now think of as quantum healing, which is like these kind of healing modalities that get us to move leaps and bounds in a, in, in a single moment, right. And in a one hour session, the way you can shed like lifetimes worth of baggage and, you know, trauma and limited, limiting beliefs. And so she worked with Psyche and um, Akashic Records and it just had never occurred to me that like my body had belief systems that my conscious mind was like, you know, our body holds things to be true. It had never occurred to me that I could shift those. I thought my only tool up until then was my thinking mind, which we all know is a deeply limited tool. And, you know, to make a long story come to some kind of conclusion, I will just say that the session with her was this moment in which I let go of something that felt so deep and so hard to touch. And I physically felt space show up almost instantly. And so that single moment was amazing because of that relief, but it also just like cracked me open to this space of possibility of like, what if all of our healing got to be gentle? And that doesn't mean we don't have to sit in some uncomfortable stuff, but what if it didn't have to be either A, I'm just stuck with it and this is how I live forever, or B, um, that it has to be explosive and painful. And I think that realization has like tugged me very consistently through a lot of phases of my life. So that's my transformation moment. <laughs> oh, so resonating. Yeah, I'm resonating with that. Oh, do you want to add on to that, Eva, and share your story too? Yeah. So this question is hard, was hard for me to answer this idea of like, you know, moments of awakening because in reality, my experience is that it's never been, it's never one thing. My awakening process has been a slow unfurling and undoing gradually over time. And it's like a chain of, of singular profound moments. And so it's hard to just pick one, but so I'll share, I'll share two, if I, if I may, I think one was 
being in my 20s, and Kylie's heard this story before, just being a hot mess, living in New York, drinking, doing drugs, working myself to death, like not in a good place at all, hanging out with people who merely like mostly superficial reasons, um, just like having superficial relationships. And then having, you know, a Saturn's return in which my whole world crashed down on me. I got a, a series of things, which included, you know, my my boyfriend at the time sleeping with my really good friend and all these other things happened in which I had to like have one of those like bathroom, crying on the bathroom, you know, knees on the floor moments that you hear about, which is like, where did I go wrong? How did I get myself into this place where I'm so deeply unhappy and anxious? And I'm just, I just know I'm not living true to myself. And so those moments of when you get kicked on your ass are also like what you were saying, Carrie, at the beginning, like moments for profound change. If you, if you let them change you, if you can respond, I think from a place of humility, where I literally had to say, I, in my twenties, I thought I was hot shit. I just thought I, I knew everything. And I was so desperately trying to control everything. And those humbling moments of like, when you realize you've been led astray are, are so helpful because then you can finally hand over the reins to a greater power and say, Hey, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And mm. I'm humble enough to say, to speak to a higher power, which at the time I was completely disconnected to, but you know, desperation leads you to do some really desperate things, which can be really helpful sometimes of saying, I'm willing to say, put my ego in, aside and live from like an, I don't know mind and ask for help. So, you know, that moment of surrender, I think was just profound for me because I thought I had to do it all by myself for a really long time. I thought I was doing everything by myself. And the moment I shifted that, you know, magic and synchronicities and healing began. Um, and then the second thing I would say is after having gone further down into my journey, when I started getting really into meditation and I went to my first 10 day silent retreat, gosh, it's just a moment similar to you, Kylie, also just not identifying with your mind. You know, it's like I had, I experienced the moment that I think many people talk about where you're not living as the thinker, but you're living as the one who observes. So it's a very Eckhart Tolle thing. It's like, you're not your thoughts, but you are the awareness beyond your thoughts. Like that's who you are. And when you are able to tap into that, nothing phases you. Nothing bothers you because you understand that you are, I guess this sounds a little bit cliche, but whether it's like infinite in some way, but you're also just presence and nothing can penetrate presence. You just are with everything. And so I just felt like such a deep, profound sense of, of love that I would, that normally only res reserved for when I was doing like plant medicine, but I wasn't doing plant medicine. It was like, I was touching into what felt like for the first time, oh, this is who I am. And just such a, oh God, it was just such a beautiful experience of self-trust and coming home to myself. Yeah. <laughs> that is really beautiful. I, I love both of these shares and I really feel like they're along the same track of this question. What if we don't have to suffer? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kylie's been playing around with this question recently, which it's funny. I also had the same question. I was like, what if it, there's no problem to fix? Mm. <laughs> like we're all walking around scrambling, like analyzing, squeezing in our minds. Like we got to figure this out. We got to figure this out. Everything's like, we treat everything like it's a, 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 a problem to be fixed. And that's exhausting. And it's also in some way resisting what is. You're trying, liberation is being happy with where you are, accepting where you are now rather than where you think you should be, right? And so that's kind of what I hear when I hear you ask that question, Kylie. It's like, what if there's no problem to fix? What if we are just yeah. here living this life as it is? And I think it's that in that acceptance is when the transformation begins to be possible. And, you know, to clarify for listeners, the question drops in my head most often when I'm most busy scrambling trying to fix things, right? Like <laughs> it's a, it's, it, it, it drops in really loudly when I'm just in this, which is, you know, not uncommon when I'm in this place of just looking for a problem to fix. Right. And so all of my energy is like, where's the hole in the boat? And, and then this question just kind of drops in like, what if there wasn't a problem to fix? And I, I always love what if questions for a long time, like experiencing safety was not it was very foreign for me. And so I would also ask like, what if I was safe right now? Because I think this what if like allows us to just step into the space of possibility. 
And then we don't have to make it right or wrong, right? It's just, it's just a thought experiment. And when you think you, when you do that thought experiment, you start to actually like experience a little bit of safety or lack of there being a problem. And then when you get a taste of that, you're like, oh, (laughs) that's a better place to go. I'm going to stop looking for a problem and I'm going to try to spend more time in this, in this space. But it's also, again, in the spirit of transparency, like, I kind of hate the question because I'm really, (laughs) (laughs) I'm really good at finding problems and fixing problems, right? Like it's really, it's really uncomfortable to just be in a place of like, oh, I just have to like look around and like and experience things. What I love about these conversations is that everything is usually so aligned with everything that just happened. Like, that's why I love stepping into these conversations with spirit. So like this morning with my group, one of my students, we're going through our gene keys and we're going to our, you know, what creates prosperity in the gene keys is the prosperity sequence. And there is this sphere of culture that is like how you show up in the synergy, like your role in the synergy. What does synergy mean? Synergy is like the overall synchronistic combination of all of our gifts, like the divine orchestration of our gifts that we all fit into this big puzzle, you know, together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what's your role in the puzzle? Like what's your, what's your sweetness that you bring to the collective for the big greater good, you know? And we were talking about this culture because it's very pivotal to your prosperity. You have to know like, what's your secret sauce and then how do you bring it? And one of my students has the, uh, the gene key that is the shadow is purposelessness. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So we sat with what if there is no purpose to any of this? We hung out there together as Mm -hmm. a collective. And so I'm curious to know what came about because I I love this question and it equally makes me itchy and squirmy at the same time. It's a so question. I've also been playing with this and I've been calling it optimistic nihilism. It's like there's this sense of the most thing that we would all dread is that there's no purpose to any of this. Because at least with purpose you can put up with stuff that's uncomfortable because you're like, well, that's part of my purpose. So I can, Mm. I can handle that because there's a greater picture. This jinky actually explores like there's no, (laughs) what if there isn't any? When you say, when you say no purpose, does that include existence itself? Yeah. Because I think oftentimes the argument is like exist, just existing is in itself purpose enough, but regardless of not how productive, you know, it's not about how productive you are, you know, how putting labels on it, it's just existence itself is purposeful. But I'm curious if in the, what you're teaching or what you're questioning is like pulling that back even further and saying, maybe that's not, you know, there's, there's not even that. Maybe oh God, it's, leave it to Eva to like, the bomb, but it's like, because, okay. So here's the coolest part is that that at the shadow frequency, it's purposelessness. So it's like the feeling that I have no meaning. Mm. Like I have no meaning and there's no meaning to any of this. And if there's no meaning to it, then why do I, why am I even here? Like nothing wants to exist without a purpose. I'm mean, called back to the matrix, right? Like everything has a purpose, right? So like we're exploring, what if you don't? You know, what if you have no purpose? And I remember in the third matrix, the daughter has no purpose. So they were going to delete her because she doesn't have a purpose. It's like, I just actually rewatched the first matrix, by the way. And I highly recommend that everyone go back and watch it because I hadn't watched it in a long time. And I was like, this is even deeper than I remember. But now I have to go. Now I have to go and watch the second and third ones. Okay. So sorry, continue. I interrupted. No, it's okay. But she also has it tied with doubt. So can you see how like doubt plus purposelessness, that is a lethal concoction. That's just like, Mm. oh, what do you, where do you go with that? But when you move through, the only way to go through any shadow, and this is from just the jinky stuff, you have to go through the shadow. You have to immerse in the shadow. You have to just like, like embrace the shadow. And that's the only way to claim the gift. So that you can experience the higher frequencies, but we're, you know, it's like, and in this case, it's totality is the gift and immortality is the Cidic frequency. 
Mm. So, mm-hmm. you know, what if we're in our, in our self, in our personality self, and we're down here in this like feeling of what is the meaning of any of this? Like that moment where you're in the dark night of the soul and you're like, I just, there's no freaking meaning to any of this. Like, it's just random. It's, I don't know why I'm here. It makes no sense. There's no divine plan. What are you talking about? That is a dark place to be, right? It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. It's hard. Yeah. And so what you're, but what you're offering and what you're suggesting is my kind of question is that we actually embrace that. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. And then see what comes, what happens when we come out on the other side of that. Because otherwise it lurks there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like yeah. in her case, it's been really hard for her to slow down mm-hmm. because moments of stillness invite this elephant in the room to make itself known. So in order to, rather than face that, it's like, well, I'm just going to be busy. Yeah. With purpose, right? Busyness and purpose are like so tied together. It's interesting because, yeah, the danger of this question is that I think for someone who might have the propensity for hopelessness and depression, you can really drive. I mean, I can see myself going down into a dark hole there of being like, it can be a very dangerous question because then if you feel, it can lead you to hopelessness, which then can lead to, if we're going to go very, very dark, it's like, you know, not being able to like, what's the point? What, why even get out of bed? But on the flip side of that, I think the playful version of this that comes to mind is like, well, if there's no purpose, which insinuates there's also no right or wrong, why don't I just do whatever the fuck I want to do? <laughs> like, why don't I just go out and have a damn good time while I'm here? Because I'm not going to be here for long. So Eva, I agree with everything you're saying. And like I said, I've been playing with this idea a little bit in meditation lately, and I've been calling it kind of optimistic nihilism. And for context, I'm someone who like, you know, <laughs> has been very attached to purpose and outcome for a very long time. Same. Um, and <laughs> I think what's really interesting is it does sometimes feel like you can pop through the looking glass of like, oh, wait a minute. If there's no purpose, if I'm not like for me, my value has been tied to how well I achieve my purpose, right? Like my purpose is to be a good mom. My purpose is to be a good coach. My purpose is to grow my business successfully. And so, you know, every day on some level, I'm like kind of checking the levers to see where I'm measuring up against these, you know, these metrics. And there's this like complete really radical erasure that that can happen. I think if we can pop through the looking glass glass and we're like, wait, None of it matters, which means it doesn't fucking matter if I'm a good coach or not, which means I'm only doing this because I love it and it brings me joy and it's fun, which is true. And then I can keep doing what I'm doing, except it's stripped of the like measuring bullshit. The measuring, the measuring and the comparison and the coveting. And, you know, finding ourselves lacking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And these are blocks that have been away in between women for thousands of years, right? Yeah. 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 It reminds me too, Eva, you've said often, you've talked about this journey of like, you know, I went through phases where I'm going to bastardize what you said, but (laughs) I went through phases where I was afraid to, that I was afraid that if I stopped, I would just be like super lazy and eat Fritos on the chip on on the couch all day. And then I did that for like two days and was like, oh, actually I enjoy being like, you know, creating and being industrious in some way. And it kind of reminds me of that, like the specter of purposelessness and nihilism feels huge and terrifying, but like leaning into it again, you to your point, Eva, like you have to have the, you have to check in with yourself and recognize if you have, if it's a good move for you or not, or maybe yeah. it should wait until later. Yeah. But, but like, if you can like look at it and sit in it, then it gets to not be a specter anymore. And then you realize like, oh, I'm not being industrious because again, I'm not, I'm not doing it because someone else told me I have to, I'm just doing it now because I want to. Right. Right. And that's, yes. And I, that's something that I experience all the time, which is it starts with not trusting, like a lack of trust of who, what would happen if I let myself be totally free? Because actually what I've observed in a lot of people is that 
we say we want freedom, but at the precipice of freedom, we're like, oh shit, no, 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 no. I can't go in there because you don't trust what's going to happen. You don't trust how you're going to be like, you know, my version of that is I'm just not going to do anything. If I let myself be totally free, I will just be so indulgent and blah, 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 blah. And every time I've tested that and gone into the waters, I've come back to a place of sovereignty where I realized I can actually, that's not true. When I come back to my center, I can trust myself. And it turns out that I thought I was going to be a lazy bum. That's not the truth of my reality. The truth is actually that when I am free, I will do exactly what it is that I need to do, whether that's resting or being productive. And I think that's what sovereignty is, is like, like, can you trust yourself enough to be totally free and see if you come back into center and, and like, not, you're not acting from a place of being triggered or influenced by anything, but you're just doing it on your own accord. Hey, I know this is your show, but can I ask you a question, <laughs> Kelly? Yeah, absolutely. We're doing a three-way, you know, conversation here. I'm enjoying okay. this. <laughs> so here's my question. So because I'm imagining the me who's listening to this conversation five years ago is like, that's nice. These Can I swear on your podcast? Yes. Yeah. That's explicit. nice. These bitches work for themselves. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I have a boss. You yeah. Know. Like who's going to be mad? Like I can't say I didn't want to show up at nine o'clock. Like, like, so can you, can you walk us through how you can invite in this sense of freedom when there also feel like these very real external pressures and expectations? Yeah. Um, that's such a good question. And I think, yeah, if you don't have like the liberty to, to experiment freely because you have to be at a job at a specific time, then what I would suggest is like, I'm coming back to this idea of something I've been thinking about a lot recently, which is based on the book power versus force. Um, what's David, David R. Hawkins. Are you, mm-hmm. He's the guy who did the scale of consciousness, Kylie, that you're, that you often refer to. I'm look, literally adding this to yeah. my. <laughs> yeah. The power versus force. And I'm reading his book, letting go now, actually. Oh, is, is it good? It's very good. Okay, cool. Very Ooh, clear. I should, I should write that down. It's like super clear about all these paradigms that we've all explored, but it's just, he just lays it out, you know? Yeah. So, and maybe Carrie, if you've read the book, you can kind of like chime in here, but, um, because I, I haven't finished reading it, but it's looking at whether or not you are doing something from a place of power or from a place of force. Meaning force, you can feel what it feels like in your body. It feels constricted actually. And it feels like you're tense. You're, and on an energetic level, if you're in tune enough with your body, you, I mean, I think to be honest, we all kind of know what force feels like. It doesn't feel very good, <laughs> but power is something where you're like, whew, like you're, you've let go of something. You're much more expansive. You're doing it because it's again, kind of a sovereign energy because for no other reason than what feels true to you. So if you have to go to a job at 9 a.m. and you might, that's the thing, you might not actually hate your job. You just need to be just to discern, are you going to your job from a place of power or force? And is there a place where there is power in which you are making a decision to go to that job? Because maybe if you're in victim consciousness, you can just feel like I, I'm, a, I'm a victim to the cog in the wheel. I hate this. And, and you have no choice. And then it feels like you're really stuck. But maybe in reality, what you're going to find is you're choosing to go to that job because actually you're happy that you have, you know, something that like pays the bills. You're happy that you have insurance. Like if you had a choice, it turns out you would go to that job anyway, which is actually, I think what a lot of times people come back to, they, they don't like, <laughs> which can actually be very liberating because you realize, oh, I'm not a victim here. I'm choosing to go to this job and I, therefore I'm making a choice that's in my power. Mm. And this I, is, yeah, this is about, this is about agreements. I mean, it's the four agreements is a great teaching. And that's how I began my path was the Toltec teachings, the four agreements. And when we're making, when we're living based in agreements, they're conscious agreements that we're making with others. So when you sign up for an, a job, you're consciously agreeing, here's the hours. I'm, sh- I'm signing up to do these specific tasks. I'm signing up to dress a certain way. I'm signing up to show up at a certain time leave at a certain time and to do a a certain function. So when you sign up for that job, you're agreeing to all that. Now, Mm -hmm. if things happen that you didn't agree with, then that's up to you to like to notice that, discern that, and then raise that as, hey, I didn't actually agree with this, this piece I didn't say yes to. And that's living in your power versus Mm -hmm. being in the victimization model, right? 
And there's a huge difference between force and strength. And they call it strength in the gene keys. I actually have the shadow of force. So I know what it feels like to force stuff to happen and to like bend time and get around people who are too slow for me. And like, because I also have impatience, by the way. And so I know how to force stuff to happen that I want to happen. And that manifestor energy I have is like very strong. It's like, you know, get out of my way. But the strength is like when you operate from strength, it's like you don't have to push the river, you know? Mm-hmm. It's exhausting pushing the river. You just mm-hmm. have to float, you know? You just, you align. It's more about alignment and strength than it is about figuring out. Figuring out is force. Strength is alignment. When you align, you just like, like I just showed up at the grocery store yes, the other day and somebody I haven't seen in, a, I don't know, five years was like, oh my gosh, I need to see you. I said, yeah, what did I got this new event coming up? She's like, great. I want to know about that. I didn't have to do anything except I just showed up. I followed Mm. my intuition, showed up where I needed to show up and there was somebody. Mm. It also makes me think about like recognizing where you do have power. So like, I think when we're in that, when when we're in a situation that doesn't feel ideal, like you said, like we can kind of get in like victim consciousness mode or we can, or we can go into force mode, right? I'm like, I got to control this. But sometimes I think it's really helpful to, and, and maybe changing the big picture feels impossible, right? Maybe it's like, I can't quit this job for whatever X, Y, and Z reasons, but maybe there are small moments that are actually really profound where you can recognize you have power. Like I'm thinking about moments where like, you know, maybe you have a boss who always comes in and talks to you at 4.55, and you're like, I'm ready to leave. And you're like, well, now my boss is here, so I can't leave. And so you're sitting there like kind of seething because your boss is trying to like chit chat with you because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a convenient time for them. And you're resentful of your boss and you feel trapped and you get home late. And because he talks, he's long winded and he talks for 40 minutes. And like, maybe you could actually say at five o'clock, like, hey, I'm, I'm actually going to head out the door now. Could we have this conversation in the morning? Right. Mm-hmm. And that there are ways that you can recognize places you do have power, but we're telling ourselves a story that like, there's too great a cost to use my power here, or it's not really available or strength. I like that language a lot too. Like we push it away from ourselves because we think the cost is too great, or we're not actually capable of wielding it or whatever. But, but I think those small moments where we start to take back our agency have like really big ripple effects. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up, Kylie, because I think to go back to your question of like, well, what do you do when you're in these moments? I don't, that's, that's really what I want to add is that small moments of stepping into your own personal power are aggregate. It adds up over time that it eventually makes a huge change. So you don't need to like go all in and like, you know, be crazy and change everything all at once. I mean, I guess you can, if you want to, but if that feels overwhelming to you, exactly. Having that one conversation with your boss, one time is going to snowball into other sort of like acts of personal power that then equal a huge change. Yeah. And I find that to be a relief because you don't have to do it all at once. Like for people who get overwhelmed, it's like, I would even say it's more sustainable if you are patient and present and just let yourself take your time. You're talking to two deeply impatient people. <laughs> I actually Jerry already named her impatient. I, yeah, I have but... <laughs> oh, I'm so impatient. I had to have one of my coaches had to tell me like, you need to learn patience. And it pissed me off <laughs> so much because Just I was like, button push, ping. exactly. Because I was like, that's not why I hired you. Like, that's what I was thinking in my head. That's exactly really, why you hired. <laughs> yeah. So. But in my mind, something eventually I got to a place where I shifted and I was like, wait, but oh my God, if I'm patient, I suffer less. I get to suffer less. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's a, it's a gift. The stress. Yeah. Like the stress of impatience is so stressful. I used to sit at the stoplight and the only way I could, I could cope with the stoplight was to start going one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, four, one thousand, five, one thousand, six, one thousand. Just because I was so freaking uptight. Like I was like, get me through this light. I'd be positioning myself to be the first one in the lane. You know? like, yeah. And if somebody was in front of me, I'd be like trying to figure out how to like get around them. Like I was so impatient. I was just causing all this stress trying to force my way through to get somewhere quicker for what? I also think there's an irony here because the paradox is that like when we are in, when we are patient, at least in my experience, then I chill out. And then when I'm chilled out, I do my best work. So it actually makes things happen faster 
because I'm not forcing, I'm just actually in again, like a place of whatever you want to call it, alignment, personal power, blah, 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 blah. So that's the paradox of it all, except it's what you, the tricky part is you can't be patient with the agenda of wanting to get more. You need to just be patient so that your energy is actually, I think, in a genuine place of like, I'm willing to choose patience over suffering. And I think when you like really feel that, again, like kind of what we were saying earlier too, kind of like things just open up and then things happen more easily. It's also making me think about how patience, impatience and powerlessness feel linked, right? Impatience is like the ultimate force, right? Like your story about like, you know, the nagging to the front, it's like a perfect example of like, I'm going to control the outcome <laughs> because, and why am I going to control the outcome? Because I don't actually trust that I'm going to be taken care of. I don't actually trust that either I'm enough or the universe is enough that like, this is going to work out for me. So if I'm not like clinging, controlling, then shit is just going to be a disaster. And so patience and strength feel like really intimate, you know, because when I'm patient on those rare occasions, it's because I feel powerful. It's because I feel sovereign. It's because I feel really connected to the, like the flow of the river. And I know I can like trust and like feel in, in my body that I'm going where I need to go so I can be patient. And when I'm not in that space, that's when I get impatient and clinging and controlling. You know, what's so interesting is that impatience, I would think that patience would be the solution, like the opposite. And there must be like some intermediary step. Like most of the gene keys have this, the shadow, the gift and the city. So I would think patience would be the city, right? And so mm-hmm. there's got to be some gift that brings me to patience from impatience. But no, patience is the gift. Mm-hmm. So you go, you, it's like you have to flip. It's like impatience, the solution is patience. <laughs> okay, and, which is crazy, right? Because you're like, what are you talking about? I'm supposed to be patient, but I'm impatient. So yeah. how do I just flip on a dime like that? Because the acidic frequency is timelessness. Mm-hmm. So like, that's really the key. It's like, there is no time. When I started really getting that, that there is no time, this whole thing's a construct. I was like, Oh, well, okay. So now my mind started going, because the next thing is I want to manipulate it because I'm a human being. <laughs> I want to manipulate it to get what I want on the time totally. frame that I want. <laughs> totally. You know, so I'm like, okay, so how can I be patient and have the right frequency and then have the right energetic to get the thing I want on time and get my parking spot or whatever the thing is, right? <laughs> like and basically, like, how can I reverse engineer impatience <laughs> yes. so that I can use it to get to the top? <laughs> so I can get what I want. But see, I think that's, it's set up that way. I don't think that's a problem. It's actually the design. Like we were talking back to like, this isn't a problem. Yeah. It's just the way it's designed to help guide us through our own awakening process. Because if we never got curious to go, how could I re-engineer, reverse engineer this to get what I want more easily? If we weren't there, we wouldn't discover the secrets of the universe. Yeah. Yeah. We need just, that like delicious yeah. carrot dangling in front of us. Yeah. Exactly. I just have to say, like, I almost want to go back and listen to this episode because I swear to God, this is the medicine that I need right now. Because I just had this whole thing where I wanted to like launch the launch this program and then it felt unaligned and I start trying to force it. And then basically long story short, I came back to the place where I was like, I just need to be patient and wait for the right thing to come through. Mm. And again, everything that you both are saying is so helpful to me because I'm realizing that like what patience is the answer, but it's also, yeah, when I'm patient, it's because I have trust. And if I'm not Mm. patient, it's because I'm not trusting. So I just want to say thank you to both of you because I just feel like it's not surprising things synchronistically. I needed to hear this. (laughs) Also the medicine I needed to hear. Yeah, me too, me too. In business, yeah. I think this is a message that you often need to hear. Yeah, yeah, been, yeah. as entrepreneurs, you know, as spiritual entrepreneurs, and this for a lot of people in my audience also are either spiritual entrepreneurs already or interested in that. These are the kinds of things that we need to be mindful of because we'll like, I don't know about anybody listening, but I'll get these downloads and these visions of like what's supposed to happen. I'll be like, oh, vision, awesome. It'll feel really good and yummy and aligned and I'll start to create that thing. And then I'll be a little ahead, you know, because I happen to be ahead because 
That's just how I'm geared. I'm way ahead of everybody else. And so then I'm like sitting there waiting and I get impatient. <laughs> and I'm like, you are have you a guys lot of fire in your astrology? Aren't you guys chart? caught up yet? I actually am a cancer, so I'm supposed to be watery, but I have this Scorpio moon. So I've got this fire water thing. It's mm-hmm. kind of like lava. So yeah. I can be slow. I can be a slow moving fire river. You know, I can definitely sustain, but I'm a manifester. So I need to rest too. And it's those moments of rest. If I'm not trusting, it's hard to slow down and just let go, which is why I'm reading the book, Letting Go, because even I you know, I've gotten really good at what I've gotten good at so far, but then the next challenge comes up, right? And like this next thing I'm doing at, you know, on the end of October or whatever, that by the time this comes out, will have been passed, but we'll have another one. So check my website. But it's like this energetic is even bigger. It's like a bigger calling. It's like an expansion of my purpose, back to purpose. It's an expansion of my expression of my purpose in the world. I'm going to get triggered on the things again. They're going to snare yeah. me up. They're going to go, oh, hi, are you being impatient? Oh, hi, refinement. Are you are you forcing this? Oh, you know, and it's like that refinement comes in, right? And it can feel even more tender because of how deep it gets inside. And it feels like, did I learn this lesson? You might be wondering, like, did I already learn this lesson or am I just like completely off track? You're not off track. That's what I've learned. You're not. You just like went for the bigger, the next bigger thing. And now we have to learn the refinements of the energy to get us there. Yeah. I'm laughing again because I'm like, yep, yep, yep. This is all on track for what I need to hear. Yeah. Yeah. You're never, I found that to be true. Like once you get to one stage, you want to up level to the next. So in some ways you're always going to feel if you're in a negative mindset, you're always going to feel you're quote unquote off track, but I don't actually think that's true. You're just constantly up leveling. And so therefore you're constantly uncomfortable. Mm. (laughs) It's interesting because this very theme is showing up for me right now, because as we're recording on the Thursday and Friday, I had this big kickoff free workshop launching this, this six month group program. That's like, like, the program that's born out of my heart and out of my own (laughs) blood, sweat and tears um, more than anything else. And so this event was like, it was, I had way more people than I've ever had signed up before. Like it was a really big moment. And so today is the day after. And all I want to do is like nap and rest and play. And, and it feels like my body's like, yep, this is the right thing to do. But there's this little voice that keeps popping up. That's like, should go, go talk more, go do more, go be busy and industrious. And so I'm in this interesting place where, which normally like old me was like a thousand percent, like just listening to that little kind of chipmunk voice. But I'm in this really interesting place of like, like, it's almost like an experiment of like, okay, how much can I trust? Like, How much can I trust that this indication that I should just let myself sleep and play today is actually like the right thing to do and not setting myself up some cat for catastrophic failure. Right. (laughs) And and yeah, so it's just interesting because it's like, I do feel like today I'm kind of embodying power, but it's a little, it's a little tenuous if I'm honest. Right. It's a little bit like at any moment force is trying to literally force its way in. And Mm. the challenge and the question of the day is like, which space are you going to let kind of, you know, rain? So yeah, this is good medicine for me too. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Did you have something else, Eva? Yeah. I wanted to add to that, Kylie, because I think, I don't know, in case this is helpful for people to hear, I think there's like a very practical thing that you are practicing that other people can practice too when they find themselves at these crossroads. Like what I hear you saying, and this is kind of what I do to regulate my nervous system and like work with my energy is that first of all, Kylie, I completely relate to what you're saying. And what I have found is that basically every time you are choosing to tell yourself, okay, it's sa- I, I'm, I'm going to rest and it's safe for me to rest. You're sending the message and you're, and you're doing that actually from a place of like trust and love. You're sending almost like signals to your nervous system to say, hey, I can hold this. Like mm-hmm. I can hold the discomfort of what it takes to trust my own personal power. And I really believe that in those moments, you're like shifting something somatically, like energetically. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've felt it. You're essentially, it's like an up-leveling. And every time you do that, I believe that you're transmuting something. 
and that's why I think it's actually an opportunity that's ripe with like transformation. And, but you're, if you can be really intentional about that, you're like, you're telling yourself that you're doing, you're like, oh, I know what I'm doing now. You're not just like failing and it's not unintentional. You're being intentional. Like I'm going to sit with this energy of being just uncomfortable, but also knowing that like, this is such a act of love that eventually your body will get more and more used to doing that, mm. <laughs> that it, it really does what I have found, like calm your nervous system, which I think is ultimately what we all need when we're freaking out. It's like, I, can I be with this? Mm. I've just found that to be really big medicine. Yeah. And if we want to get busy after the fact, right? Because for me, I always think about the inner child and I'm like, oh, is my inner child feeling exposed? Mm-hmm. You know, and then is that rejection thing going to come up again? Because yeah. I had the big event and who's going to sign up and that kind of stuff. And I go through that, you know, I'm not immune to that. So I, I wonder sometimes I sit and I ask myself, what are you trying to avoid right now? Let's just let it come up and mm-hmm. hold myself through it. It's like sometimes the shadow aspect of doing big events is that sometimes after the fact, you wonder did that do anything? Like it's that purposelessness thing back to that. It's like this wondering that that even, was that all that? Was that awesome? Was that helpful? Was that profound? Was that deep? Sometimes that emptiness, you know, the void of after the creation passes that back into the emptiness, the void can feel awkward. Like, like I just birthed that thing into existence and now it's finished you know, that thing is finished and that awkwardness of what's the purpose, you know, and then that, you know, that that can bring up doubt and other shadows. And to sit with that, I think is really beautiful because it's like, um, it's like, I guess a chance to integrate your own medicine, right? Like, like you birthed it onto the world for everybody else, but it's also for you. And so you can sit back, receive it in that void and just let all of that to be, I think is so potent. This is like, I can like physically feel things cracking open. (laughs) Awesome. So thank you for this. And I will add everything both of you were saying feels like so meaningful. And when you were talking to the inner child, I literally saw my like sixth, seventh grade self who hated gym class (laughs) (laughs) and fucking hated like having to like have the right clothes and like never, of course, getting like the clumsiest person ever, like never getting picked and never having like her friends in her gym class and that like isolation. And I just like felt her and I felt this like crack in my heart. I was like, oh, you're the one who's scared today. Okay. Okay. Mm. So thank you. Like, thank you. Both of you. (laughs) Beautiful. So gorgeous. Well, this has been just a tremendous potent conversation we've had about so many topics. And I feel like I'm just, my wish is that everybody listening got some gold nuggets out of this conversation and really some space of grace for ourselves in the process of all this transformation and all these insecurities and really real feelings in our bodies. And, you know, being really at the mercy of this whatever this is that we are, that we're part of, that we just showed up and here we are. And now we're just doing our best to understand it. And that brings me back to the Oracle. (laughs) Like you never understand the choice that you made. You know, it's like, that's where you get, you're going to get stuck. You're going to get stuck in the choice. Like, why did I make the choice? Hmm. And here we are. Like, why did I make the choice to come to earth? And what am I really here for? And I'm doing my best to live my purpose and to rediscover myself and awaken, awaken up to myself. And in the process, have some cool friends and some cool conversations, which I think we successfully did today. I would say, like, pat on the back. This one yeah. was awesome. <laughs> I mean, I think this is just a, this is the tip of the iceberg. We could, yeah. talk, we could talk to you forever, Carrie. I was, yeah. I'll, you guys would come back, back on the show for sure. I mean, we have to have more conversations. This cannot be it. So or people can just come listen to your episode on Hello Universe because that one was also so beautiful. But Kylie and I cried. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, yeah, you on, when, when you That's were on when you I also received intimate coaching from both of you on episode. <laughs> it's, it's a very profound one. It was about the mother wound and other things. So mm-hmm. yeah, that was very beautiful. That's over at Hello Universe podcast. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. 
Is there anything else you'd like to offer to people? Um, I don't know if you have entry points for people to work with you or is the podcast the entry point? So I'll just share my sort of um, flagship programs. One is just my one-on-one mentoring program. It's what I call consciousness expansion programming. That's my most intimate, I think, powerful way that you can work with me. And I also have right now a program called Emotional Alchemy that I've released all about learning how to master your emotions, which honestly speaks a lot to what we talked about in this course. And also what I touched on at the end there, which is when you learn how it's like being with your emotions instead of like what I see a lot, this is toxic positivity or spiritual bypassing of not wanting to feel what you want to feel. It's really coming back to the simple practice of being with what is, because when you are with your emotions, that's the magical place of transformation. So all of those are available on my website at evaliao.com or Instagram is where I hang out the most at I am Eva Liao. Awesome. Thank you, Eva. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you can find me at Kylie Caldwell on Instagram, or um, if you are a Facebook person, I have a really beautiful, lively Facebook group called Akashic Soul Circle with Kylie Caldwell. I would say come to my website because there's a beautiful guided meditation that walks you through some, some money healing, which is to say, looking at the places where money's painful as like a portal to transformation. And so there's a really fun moving meditation that you can get for free. And if you want even more, I have a a short self-guided program called Heal Your Money Story. So that's probably the two first places to go. Awesome. Wonderful. I'll put the links in the show notes for everybody. And I'm going to remind everybody now, please like, share, subscribe, follow all the words and share this out with people that you think might really benefit from any part of the conversation we had today. This is your opportunity to be a courageous heart and to step out there and reveal yourself in your total woo-woo and share it with somebody that might also benefit from what we talked about today. Uh, and we're going to give kisses now. You guys ready to give kisses? Yes. Yeah, sure. Kiss. Here <laughs> come the kisses. You get three kisses, you guys. Come on. Here it comes. <laughs> we love you. We love you. And we're so glad you listened and stayed with us all the way to the end. And we'll see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now, everyone. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show.